I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with star of For the Love of Dills on Al TV, my favorite bitch-faced human being, my sexy, adorable friend, Phoenix Lee. How you doing today, Ben? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. You're welcome, of course. You're someone who I feel like is honestly going to be back a lot of times, because like every time, even from like the last interview, that's where I got most of these questions. Like, oh, perfect. Yeah. So actually, actually, one thing I do want to say, I do want to take like just a brief moment to give a PSA based on something that somebody Phoenix and I are both like mutual friends with posted on Sunday, which is to anyone out there who sees go-go dancers and feels like it's right for them to just like be touched in any way. And that you can like, like literally like touch their asshole and like finger bang them. You're, you're fucking rude. Like, if you want to do that to somebody, honestly, just ask. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy to me to think that people would just, like, do that to anybody. Like, I could never imagine doing that to anybody. Like, just all of a sudden you're seeing them dancing and, like, try and grab their asshole. Like, that to me seems ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not what they're hired for. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that's not what they're hired for. It's like there's definitely like appropriate ways to touch a go-go. There's appropriate ways to tip a go-go. And like, it, yeah, you can make a little physical contact, but like, like anything more, like you really have to ask for consent. Um, I know. Um, it's just I know. Okay, so like one of my friends, um, Jojo Guads, like the prince, the prince of twerk. Um, he's like he he's a, like tonight even his, his event like twerk tuesday is like he's known for twerking like that's what he does and like he has a huge issue when people touch him even though he's out, up there shaking his ass hosting this and that he does not like it's not an invitation to just right. like, you know yeah and like that's very common and even beyond that like not just touching go-go's but like the, i think there's some of etiquette like do not put your drink on the go-go stand like it is not a place to put drinks. It is their yeah. state and it's not very big. So if like a go dancer accidentally kicks over your drink because you put it on the go stand, like that's on you, not on them. Because you know, happens so many times people get so pissy as like that's not where you're supposed to put your drink. Hold your drink or put it down at the bar. It's just See, like I Well, I wouldn't even thought of that, but you do have like a point to that. It was it's because recently Prince Joshua complained about this to me <laughs> because like he's a, he's a go-go who like goes full out, you know? And right. like, and like, that's what he's being paid for is to entertain and go full out. And like, that is like an obstruction the same way that like last night I was at a drag show and like um, this straight guy came up to me and he was like, it's my first time at a drag show. I'm straight. I have to tell everyone I'm straight. I'm like, I was like, okay, I'm gay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Like, cool, I'm not going to hit on you. But, like, he like he just started hitting his, like, girl. I don't know if he's friend or what, but cis female. They were, like, yeah. sitting on the stage. I had to, like, get them to stand up. I'm, like, because, like, a show's about to start. You can't, it's, like, another thing that's disrespectful. And my favorite thing was my, one of my really good friends, Um, she was performing, and they he was like too close to the stage. I couldn't quite see. I couldn't tell if he was like sitting on the stage or like leaning up against the stage or something. She physically had to like push him and get him out of the way 
so that she could perform. So like right. another people can be so disrespectful like that's their stage that's where they're performing like yeah just etiquette you would think people would understand and i don't care if you're straight or if it's your first time to a drag show it's not your first time to a performance like i wouldn't front row of you know sit on the stage if beyonce was performing exactly you would know not to do that or the amigos or anyone else I would say this as someone who's performed in places without stages, like I performed like in the middle of a bar and it's like, I wanted the people to understand. It's like, if you're in the spot where I'm supposed to land my move, I will shove you out of the way. Like I'm not going to like stumble and like miss my mark, my mark just because you're in my way. Like, and also, Oh my God. How do people not understand this? <laughs> I'm on stage. I do this. It means split the crowd so I can get off the stage because now I'm performing in the bar. You know, and it's yeah. amazing how, how long it takes to just be like, "What do you think this means? This is not a dance move." <laughs> See, I will say this: you're at the you're unfortunately because you're a lip syncer you don't have a microphone like i have a microphone and i'll be like i'll be like motherfucker move i'm trying to perform like mm -hmm. very true very true and you're I will... the either. that's the day yeah <laughs> i will say this i'm so glad that i performed at places a lot of times without stages because like one of the very few times, one of the last times I performed on a place with a stage, I literally broke my shoe because, like, I was trying to get down and, like, the whole, like, bottom half of the bar or the stage in the bar was black. So I couldn't see the steps. So I literally missed one step and I landed, like, on my knee. <laughs> Stages are not kept up at these places. Yeah. I literally. Did, uh, I just you can ask me more about this too. I just said burlesque show, and like when we got there, like the person who was heading it up was like, "Yeah, so like the stage is like small, and then like on this one like left corner, maybe it's the right corner, um, like the right, I don't know, which one, left or right, right corner of the stage, it just kind of like dips. So just know that." And I was like, "Oh, so do like choreo. I gotta like make sure I don't like fall." Like, wait, they told me, yeah, it was like dip in the stage. I saw that place, that place had a stage, it didn't look like you were on a stage. Like, like the burlesque, it was the smallest yeah. stage, like, it was like a strip, it was tiny. Oh, that's like, yeah, I was running into the into the wall behind me. It's like, do my move, and I would turn and be like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now to my questions. Good. So, as you said last time, you lived in Vancouver for a bit. So, are Canadian guys different than American gay guys? Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say that Gordon's a good example of this. I mean, he is, um, since he was the only Canadian daddy. Uh, the only Canadian on the show, but my yeah. experience living in Canada is that one, everyone's taller, like literally statistically, everyone's taller in Canada. So oh. interesting. I also like, I'm a very like, 
um, direct person. And um, and I was pretty young, and I noticed that a lot of Canadians were more or submissive and more timid with their approach. It was a lot of people like asking if they would kiss, could kiss me. And I was like, you just, just kiss me. I'll slap <laughs> you. It. Just like go for it because now you're asking for me it, it, and it's turning, you know, the romance, the fantasy off. What? But yeah, yeah, it was, it was different. I mean, I will say I did love living there and Canadians are great. I think so. Um, I will say they're, they're just, they are a bit different and so on. I think that just comes with like cultural stuff. Um, I will not say they're not nicer. I do not believe that. They absolutely living there. They're not nicer. They're just more polite. Which right. Is a very they will still shove you on the subway, but they'll say sorry right afterwards. And he's getting oh. so. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So, you said on your audition tape for For the Love of Dills that you may look like a bottom, but I'm actually a top. Is that true, or is that something you said to, like, just, like, get on camera? Like, you know what I'm talking about, like, bullshit lies you made up. <laughs> That's honestly the truth, though I will, okay, I am a top. But, like, that does not mean I have not bottomed. And that does not mean I don't bottom. It means that majority of what I do is I top. Like, what I, that's what I prefer to do. That's what I'm more likely to do. Um, I hope you know, I had, like, every single person that... Not every single, but a lot of people who have ever taught me comment on that to me. Like, recently someone did that in person at Evita. Um because they thought it was funny, because they topped me. Um, but it's like, it's, it doesn't mean I haven't or don't. It's just like one of those things. No. Like, I, it's like, I get a craving like once in a blue moon, and like I'm like, Ugh, I need to get fucked, and I get fucked, and then fine. The last time I had sex, or not last time I had sex, but the last time I bottomed was um, in August, you know? Yeah. And like, I haven't bottomed since then. I've only topped since. And like, eventually I'll probably have a situation where I'll want to bottom, but it's like, I'm very, very selective about who those people are. And it's very much about like dynamics and like um, situations. Like I really have to be put in the mood to be uh, more submissive or want to feel that type of pleasure. But yeah, I, I am majorly a top. And it's funny because of the way I do look, I get hit on all the time to bottom. Me and my friends like joke about it all the time. People always think I'm a bottom just because of like the way I look, the way I act. And I get so many tops in my DMs and I get so many tops hitting me up at the club. And it's a little frustrating because like that's not usually what I'm seeking out. Yeah. So, okay. This is the part that I'm not understanding. So you're a top in West Hollywood the land of bottoms, and you can't find a friends with benefits? Like... Okay. That's literally? <laughs> okay, like, well, one, I am very busy, so that means that, like, I don't actually, like, um, I don't have sex, like, all the time. I'm all, yeah. also, like, ebbs and flows, like, you know, like, I, like, this year, I have not been having as much sex, but, like, the holidays, like, 
October, December, I was like having a lot of sex, not gonna lie. I will say like, I, it's not hard for me to necessarily find um, someone to have sex with. It is hard for me to find someone to have as a, as a friends with benefits. But I think that has a lot more to do with how picky I am and about repeat offenders. Um, right. Someone currently who is, has made it very clear to me that they would like to be friends with benefits. Um, I don't know if I want to be friends with benefits. <laughs> <laughs> See, my whole thing is, first of all, the other part that you said on your audition tape was that you had a big dick, which I obviously yeah. like knowing black guys, I fucking know that. Like, usually black guys with no ass have a tendency to have big dicks, just like from my own experience. <laughs> you no, know, I, I, I'm gonna quote Naomi Smalls on that one. I'm dairy, all legs, no dairy. <laughs> but I mean, that, yeah, that was not a lie either. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well I, well, I knew that it's not, it's not like. I was like, wow, there's a shocker there. It's like, of course. Yeah. And like, yeah, I talk about that too. It's just like, if you're endowed and gifted, like you, of course you're going to talk because people are going to see that and want that, you know? And there's a lot of people who are bottoms who have have um, big schlongs who don't like topping, you know? Nope. I know that for a fact. My friend said he is that way. And I'm like... And I'm like, bitch, I would let you top me in a heartbeat, but I know that you, like, don't do that. Pleasure in different ways. And I guess what makes, like, the the queer community really beautiful is the array of that. I mean, I will say this, like, a lot of people would say, like, gravitate towards you hearing that, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, I just want Phoenix to fuck me. And then I'd be like, I thought about it for a minute, and then I realized I'm like, first of all, I mean, yes, I would want you to fuck me, obviously, but, like, also, you're someone who's, like, you're someone who, like, when you get the chance to be in a relationship, I would say this. The fact that, I will say this to West Hollywood, the fact that y'all let Phoenix run around fucking single is ridiculous. Like, this is a relationship-type person here. This is someone you, like... Well, it's not like people haven't tried, you know? I, like, on MLK Day, I um, met this guy, and yes, he happened to be Buck, but um, <laughs> I met him, and we, like, really, really connected, and he was he was smart, he was, he was educated, he was attractive, he even read me a bit during our first, like, interaction, which I really appreciated, I thought that was hot, like, uh, I can't remember the read, but it was good. There's something about being a Pisces. Oh, it was about uh, the fact that I'm like not good at like um, opening up about like my pain or sorrows because I don't think other people can handle them, and then that's really like selfish of me. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you're hitting on me and reading me. That's hot." But like even <laughs> him, um, I like I was I wanted to go on a date with him. I made that very clear. I literally left the uber telling him simply that i like sushi so so he knew where to take me because he was a libra and um and then like i saw him he he thought i like didn't i didn't reply to him but he never hit me up and they hit me up and he wanted to go out and i was just like over it like i'm just 
I don't know. I'm not in a place where I really want to date. And I do definitely get hit on. I get the vibes from people that they want to take me out. But, like, um, I don't see dating as something I'm going to be doing anytime soon. But then again, like, I literally say that all the time. I've told every single person I've ever dated since high school that I don't date and that I'm not going to date them. And every single time, I end up dating them. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. Like, I was talking with somebody, and then they're like, I told them my age and everything. They're like, how are you not dating somebody? And my thing is, like, at some point, I want to move. Like, I already know I want to move. So I don't want somebody who's, like, to drag somebody into a relationship, and then all of a sudden, me, like, in a year, say, well, I want to leave. Do you want to come with me or not? Like, I don't want to put somebody in that position. That's not... I'd rather just move somewhere and hopefully find somebody else. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, don't drive people. <laughs> no, and I will say, in my first relationship, it wasn't necessarily, like, dragging, but there was a lot of stuff that, like, he wanted... At the time, he... This is... I'm talking about the transex. He wanted me to do, but, like... One of the things was he wanted kids at some point, and that's something where I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, oh, kids are no uh, deal breaker. Um, I would say this. Like, I say now that I don't want kids, I'm obviously open to like the idea, maybe like down the road. But like now, I feel like I've spent like so much time at home that like once I get back out again, I just want to like break free and like be kind of like if I'm in a relationship with somebody, be in the relationship with somebody a while. Yeah. Like I, I'm someone who now thinks like you trying to make plans at a year is insane. You have to date somebody longer than that. Like. Yeah, I agree with that. I do want kids. I do not want kids now. But I would love to be a little like dance mom, cheer mom, <laughs> like theater mom. Yeah, as I said, I'm very much open to that if I found the right person. But I kind of knew. Like, I will say, like, I should, I see the signs now, but like, when we move in together after like being together for seven months and all of a sudden you just like cut off sex completely, that's not necessarily like the healthiest relationship. And you like, like we would be in the same apartment, but like he would be in one room, I'd be in another. And it's like, I would be asking him to like leave so that I could go have somebody come and fuck me. Like that's not, that's not healthy. No. But I mean, it was my first relationship. I feel like you make all those mistakes in your first relationship. And like, first relationship teaches you a lot, no matter it, whether it's healthy or not healthy. It definitely, um, the more people you date, the more interactions you have, the more you put yourself out there. I think it really helps um, if you do some reflection, help you, you figure out what type of person 
in um you want to be with and what type of relationship you want to have and i will say that like i feel like that's a lot of why i'm picky is because i've had a lot of relationships and i've um had a lot of things i've had a lot of things this is the thing like beyond just a relationship but like a lot of things with people and those yeah. have all me what i want a relationship to look like and what i think would best service me and also how i would like to act in one and the type of person i'd like that to be with and it's hard to find those things right so okay next question as you know you've you've interviewed me before my mind doesn't always work in no order i just literally write questions so my next question is, have you ever had sex in public before? Which time? <laughs> um, let's say um, I was a teenager once, and therefore I could not host. And um, often people could not host either. Right. Um, so that includes car sex. But yes, I've had sex in multiple um, public places um <laughs> i love how you said like you're a teenager i did that stuff when i was like 25 like <laughs> i totally did that when i was 25 too i'm just saying like <laughs> it's been a thing like i've yeah. done it for sure there is some type of thrill to it um to kind of like the being caught the being in a um almost like a cd situation you know and um it can be really fun. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like the most interesting players, but I don't know. Um, that's why I've I've told people. I actually told this to somebody I was interested in one time, and it's literally just because they asked me, and I like listed all the places, and he's like, and I think like the last thing I said was a car. He's like, why didn't you start with that? I'm like, because I think that's the most boring one. <laughs> Public, but like, not really. Like, it, I mean, I, one of the best sex I've had my entire life was definitely like in a car at a parking garage on the roof before seeing a movie with a guy. Like, it was a uh, old, old um, Friends with Benefits and that was great. But I will, okay, I will say like one of my favorite places um um i've had a lot of sex in airports wow really i have <laughs> i don't know what it is it's something I, uh, something about traveling really turns me on so psa if anyone ever sees me in, in an airport i'm probably down not gonna lie um i don't know it's something about the fact that like oh i'm like this person could be anyone and they could be doing anything and I'm never going to see them again. And this is like a one-off, like hot experience where I get to like, um, there's no, there's no strings attached. There's really like no, um, there's like, I don't know. It's almost like nothing bad could happen. It's just like, and there's, there's an understanding that like, you're going to get on your plane and I'm going to get on my plane and we're probably never going to see each other again. Well, at least you hope. Like, <laughs> I, I did have a situation once where the person knew me, and I did not know who they were, <laughs> and I didn't know that's all was already happening. I was like, "Oh, like, you know who I am?" Yeah, I did not expect that. I don't know. Actually, wait. I would say this: like, I have had 
people like hit me up before on Grinder and they like know who I am, but like they don't have a face pick, so they're like they're like I don't know who I'm talking to, but it's like I'm kind of interested like how you know me. But then they wanted to do like some Adderall shit, and I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not, that's not my scene. Like, like no judging people who do that. It's just not my thing. <laughs> All right, so, boom, right there. I just got a text from a guy who met me at the finale at Beaches on Tuesday, who was hitting on me, who like clearly wants like. You can tell when someone wants, like, n- not just sex. But, right. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> totally. So, what type of guys are you into? Um. Okay. So, for me, it's a lot more about connection, and I've said that before, but, like, what that is, is, like, it's also about attraction. It's about, like, how you make me feel and, like, what I like how you're able to like get me in the mood like if you're not able to like seduce me like i'm not gonna be into you and that also means like i yes i like have physical things i do like in someone but that really like has a spectrum to it it and like age has never been a problem for me like i like guys who are younger than me i like guys who are older than me i like people who are my body type i like people who aren't my body type i like people of like all races i like people taller thicker it's just has a lot more to do with like i think in any category you can be hot and if you're if you're hot then like i'm down but it's like very specific for each category i will say like i not particularly into bears and i will say that that's like um i guess like the not the limit but like something i've typically not gone for but like pretty much everything else um, you know, there are things I like, even though, like, I typically like people who are smooth, but I've been with people who are hairy that I like, you know, like, I typically yeah. like, I like people who are in shape, but I've also been with people who like have a, a more of like, for lack of better words, a regular build. And like, it doesn't necessarily have to do with those things. Like, I'm big on faces. I like someone within like a nice face and so on, because like, ultimately, Unless we're just only having sex and you're naked all the time, I'm probably going to see your face more than I'm going to see your ass. Very true. But I do like nice asses. I guess that's a physical trait I do like. But that's a given. Well, I mean, I feel like that's like most gay guys. Because like, even I'm a bottom, but like, I like a nice ass too. Like... (laughs) It's not like bottom with a nice dick too. Yeah. For a long time, I was actually a size queen, but then like over the years, I've been less of a size queen for sure. I don't. Um, I, I I even see like my point. I even see the appeal in someone with like a s- smaller penis as well. Work. I mean, I would say at least for me. I try not to be too particular, but there is, like, because of the fact that I have such a large ass, there is, like, a certain size where it's, like, it's too small. Like, you have to be above this. But, like, 
as long as you're above that, it's like I had, I had somebody who says like if you're not at least nine, I'm like at least nine? Are you kidding me? Like I'm even simpler. It's like as long as you're at least six, I'm fine with that. Like. Uh. crazy people want to take like who want to take like ginormous dicks all the time it's like okay so you don't like sitting down apparently like that's that's what i get from that like or sitting down comfortably like anyway so oh so how old were you the first time you had sex i was 15 wow I know you that's see I couldn't like imagine that because like I was older the first time I had sex so it's like being 15 although like not only as you said on the like reunion special but as you literally said here like you were 14 when you came out so like that makes sense yeah I came out young and then I um Lost my virginity at 15. I lost my virginity with the same guy I had my first kiss with when I was 14. Like, I literally had my first kiss and then came out, like, the next day or two days later. So, um, and then I was involved with that guy um, for a little over a year or something like that. And, um, yeah. And then I lost my virginity to him when I was 15. See? And, and I bought him. Wow. And I loved him. Yeah. And only came twice. That's when I <laughs> sex. And you know what else? It was in a public place. It was in a bathroom at, in the middle of the night um, at a park. <laughs> that is so... See, that's the way, like, your first time should be. Mine was not like that at all. As I say, like, when people say, like, when did you lose your virginity? It's like, well, it depends on what you're talking about. Because, like, I would I give them the weird answer of like the ages between twenty one and twenty three, but that's because like I didn't I flew a guy for the first time at twenty one, I topped for the first time at twenty two, I bought him for the first time at twenty three. So it's like all depends on what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's a weird thing where it's like when you talk about like people with like sides and like they're just like all they do is like they don't do any sort of like penetrative sex. It's like, depending on who you are, you could have multiple answers. I know that shocks. I know that shocks some people in the gay community when they're like, they don't have penetrative sex. Yes, it's a real fucking thing. Like, it's nice sometimes to just do oral. I cannot. I cannot be a side though. But I, I couldn't. Under- I couldn't either because like, unless I'm really like in the mood, I don't like just sucking a guy's dick. Like, I'd rather just, like, have him fuck me. Like, there's a lot of times where I think all I want is for someone to suck my dick. And then, when in the mood, I realized I want to do more. Right. Amazing. So, ideally, if you, how many times a week would you like to have sex if you could have like a set amount a week it depends on the month and my mood i'm a very moody person so like sexually i'm a, I'm a very moody 
percent like i'm highly sexual sometimes and then not so much other times so on average um I don't know. Like five or six. Well, five or six is you're talking to you're talking to me, bitch. Like I'm the person who would like like to have sex at least once a day. Like Well, I, I know myself and the thing is like I there's times when I've had sex every single day and like I've loved it. But then there's times when like I'm really just not in the mood and I don't want to have sex for like a week or something like that. So I was saying like on average, like I probably would want like a break. I would probably want like, because it's like, it's, it's really fun to have sex when you want to have sex. But then when you don't want to have sex, it's like, it's annoying when someone like seems like all they want from you is sex. Yeah, I could, I could, I could totally get that. Like, that's what I think on average. Probably sex then. And I mean, and I mean, I'm probably saying that now because like there are times that I have to go like, I know you say months, but like for me, like weeks seems like a while, but like, I mean, there have been times where like I've had to go like a month, two months without sex. Not months, just like Yeah, but I've had I've had to like, and then there are times where like I get to a month and I'm like, and I'm like I better fucking get somebody now. Like I fucking need a dick. Like I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's like it's like you get you you get so horny where it's like I don't care what your face looks like. I'll go with you once. Just like let's fucking do it. Like <laughs> the other day, I was awake at five a.m. after coming from an event and like I DM'd way too many guys. <laughs> Because I was so horny, and like it was five a.m., so like none of them really got back to me. So I just jacked off, and then the next day I had all of these replies, and then I wasn't in the mood though because I was like starting my day and I had to go to work. Right. Wait. So this is the part you can't. You couldn't find somebody at five a.m. Um, that I wanted. This is oh, okay. I was only DMing guys I um, had already had sex with or have had or talked to before. I wasn't on like an app looking. Okay. Because I know know for a fact like if I could find guys who were like hitting me up at like four in the morning in Orlando, you being in Los Angeles, there should have not (laughs) There is. I will say there's I um, do find there's a high percentage of people who are doing illicit substances that I do not endorse that hour yeah that see that's my that's my thing we're like as i told somebody like in terms of drugs when i was talking to them i'm like look i've been around all of it i've had it like in situations when i'm like that that not me like taking it but like it's been around when i've been having sex with somebody but like they're doing it i'm not i don't really care just as long as it doesn't like change your personality too much I'm down. I'm definitely someone because I am sober. Like I like try to protect that. That's just for my own sanity. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Sorry, I just realized I wrote the same question twice. Um, my dumb ass. Um, have so have you ever been in an open relationship? No. Hmm. <laughs> I have never been in an open relationship. I am willing to try it at some point. I'm someone who thinks like, why not? Might as well try it. But in the past, like it's never been something I was um open to or wanted to try. I am someone. Oh my god. Someone tell me, like, don't really have water. I literally have, like, a probiotic drink, and I thought it was water, and I don't want to drink it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I will say that I tend to be on the jealous side. So um, in the past, it was something that I was definitely not open to because I did not – It just historically, it's just not something that I've – wanted in a relationship that it make me feel insecure or it would um cause my jealousy to like flare up and it's not something that i would um that i would have to try now it's like different i can kind of understand like the appeal but i don't know if it would work for someone like me right yeah like my first boyfriend and i were supposed to have a threesome with a guy and like I was so down for it. We were gonna take his virginity. We were like in seniors in high school. I was like so down. It was, like my boyfriend was hot. The guy was hot. I was like, this is gonna be great. And then I realized that like my that guy was gonna end up kissing my boyfriend. And in that moment, I realized like I'm gonna punch him in the face. Cause like I'm I like I'm just very jealous. <laughs> so I cut it off. I was like, we can't do this because I can't. Um I have to, you know, like I'm not. I can't let myself do something that I would not be able to let my partner do. Right. And so, like, that's kind of been my feeling ever since in those situations. I am definitely um, very. Well, well, I mean, you don't know that they were going to kiss. Like, they were going to have a threesome. They were going to have to do something. But that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean shit. Like, see, like I couldn't like for the longest time. Like I've never been able to like do like a threesome with someone I was dating, or like let or be open. So like maybe in the future, but in the past, I've never been able to do that. I've definitely been monogamous. I've only done it twice. Yeah. And it's 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 not bad. Like I will say this, like the first time it was more like more of just like an oral thing and then like at some point so there was like this like younger Hispanic guy and this like older Hispanic guy and then like the older Hispanic guy I wasn't really, like, into, but the younger guy I was, so, like, eventually he left the room and, like, left me with the younger Hispanic guy, so, like... Threesomes. Like, I like threesomes. I just, like, yeah. can't do threesomes with, like, someone I'm dating. Well... I'm just a little territorial. I've never <laughs> done it with somebody I'm dating before. Three Threesomes outside of relationships, I think, are really fun. I do yeah. have a threesome role. Or rolls, I guess. Um, I call it the Chuck Bass roll because I literally got it from Gossip Girl, <laughs> and it's it's basically just like I believe that a good threesome. I have to know one of them 
to a degree. It doesn't mean like you have to be like best friends or fuck before. I just have to like either have met them first or feel more connected to them first so that I have someone that kind of grounds me in that situation because it can get awkward in threesomes. You might not know how things are going or how people are feeling. So I like having someone who I know to at least level me out. And I like someone who I don't. I need someone who like I am just excited to explore entirely and know nothing about. So I don't like having threesomes with two people I know because it always gets messy because it's always afterwards or something. Someone felt some type of way, something happens and bleeds over to my life. And I don't like having threesomes with two people I don't know because it's a lot higher likelihood that I'll get like anxious or, or um, feel uncomfortable or left out or something. That's the first rule. The second rule is you can never let the person you like less know you like them less because you're going to like one of them less. That's just how it works. We're humans. You're going to, even if it's really close, they're both hot and great. You're going to like one just a little bit more because they're just a little more connected or they're a little hotter or something. You have a better blowjob. Who knows? And yeah, like maybe that's me being an actor, but like I think it's this courtesy to just not let the person you like less know that because like that's super uncomfortable for them, you know? And like, that's not the point you want to be inclusive. Yeah. So like those are like my two things with threesomes like that had and based off those two things I've had like really good threesomes because of it. Right. I had oh my god I have like a horror story from like when I like showed up it was like years ago and I showed up to this guy's place like this guy like like hit me up on Grinder right. Right. And then he sent me the address of where to show up in the middle of the night and then he stopped replying and this other guy started hitting me up who was hot who then gave me gave me the same address and i was like come over so i was like well that's weird clearly you guys are at the same place and the other guy invited me first but he stopped talking to me which is like weird so then I showed up and like i didn't know either of them so i didn't know what i was walking into i thought it'd be really hot i didn't know that the one who stopped talking to me was in the bathroom like passed out I didn't know they were both drunk. I didn't. So I one and the other one woke up and then, and like it, I was around with that one. And then they got in a huge fight because like, I guess they're friends, best friends who also like are slightly involved with, with each other. And they were drunk and they were screaming and this and that. And I was just like naked with their like tiny little dog, just like sitting there. And like, I didn't know what to do. And I kept like trying to like leave. I was like, okay, well like I'm going to go now. This is like super dramatic and doesn't involve me, right? And they kept right. me from leaving. They physically took off my pants. They were like, no, 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 stay. It'll be great. And like, it was just like the weirdest thing where I felt like I couldn't leave. There was all this drama going around. Everyone was drunk. I was sober. I didn't know what to do. I was like, this is not hot. And like, I left eventually. And it was like, that was a situation where I'm like, not knowing two people, like that is like, how that can play out sometimes yeah see i was the person who like the first time like that story i told you i literally invited the people over to my apartment like you like hosting or traveling um if i can host i'd prefer to host mainly because especially like i feel especially with me like bottoming it gives me like a little bit more time that makes sense. To prep. Well, I say prep. I'm one of those people who's like, that's why when somebody says, like, 
or somebody say one time, you need four hours before. I'm like, four hours? Like, who the fuck got that kind of time? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing porn or something like that, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, I mean, if you're doing porn, but it's like if if I'm just like trying to like get ready for not knowing like the day is like that's your fisting, so that also could take four hours, I guess. Yeah, something that's like one thing where somebody said like, "Are you into that?" and I'm and my response was, "I'm too fucking tight for that. You're not even gonna try that." Like, like no. <laughs> Like I, I would say overall, I'm pretty open. Like in terms of what I'm into, I'm like kind of vanilla. But like, if you tell me something, but it's like there's some stuff where I'm like, no, like no, that is not happening with me. Mm-hmm. If you want somebody who will do that, go find somebody else. Good luck on your journeys. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So. I just realized I wrote no questions about the reunion. So I'll just come up with some. So, okay. One question I do want to know. So, you don't have to say why, but I'm going to ask you to hypothesize. It's about one of your friends, so you probably know the answer, but if you feel you can, sure, don't. If you feel you can't. So, in theory, do you believe that DeMilo did not show up to the reunion because of the fact that he would have gotten a lot of backlash? Going uh, DeMilo did not show up for or the reunion because he did not think that it was worth his time. That's what it came down to. He didn't feel like he was, he had a good experience or that he was represented the best. So he didn't feel like it was um, worth him going. He and I actually did talk about that before. And it's a respectable choice, you know? If you don't want to yeah. be there, it is like a lot, it's a whole day, you know, of yeah. shooting. If it's something that's going to make you uncomfortable or something that you don't want to do, like you shouldn't have to do anything you don't want to do. Right. I will say this. I was thinking about when Demilo was on the show. I was thinking like, I was thinking about our interview where you said like you were friends with him. I'm like, I'm like, bitch, how do you think your friend look on the show? Like <laughs> that was, I, like, because you saw the same show I did. He looked horrible. Like, he looked the worst out of everybody. Mm-hmm. But that, in some ways, you can't really, like, blame it on the edit. Because, again, he did say everything he said. Like, he's a very outspoken person, as well as, like, I don't own personally think that the format of the show was conducive to the personality cap. Um, I, at the end of the day, like, he he is a musician. He is a artist. He's a very sensitive person and he's a very authentic person. Like he doesn't, didn't want to um, play a character. He didn't want to um, he was not portrayed the best, but like he did what he did. I don't think that was a good representation of him as a person. Sorry. As someone who knows him, I think that he's a really sweet, genuine in in person, and I had a really wonderful time getting to know him. I do think that he's a fantastic musician. Anyone who's listening to this, like, definitely like go like stream his music. Like, that's his avenue. Like, that's what he's good at. That's where he feels most comfortable. And I just don't think that a 
dating show like this was what was best for him. And he didn't know that until he got there. You know, you can't really know what you're walking into until you're there. And I think he did kind of like get there, make kind of like snap judgments, and then like realize this wasn't for him. And he was out. He like, he didn't want to be there. He didn't care anymore. And that was very clear. You know? Right. And also, like, it's not like it's like a very easy place to walk into. Like, you, um, everyone's very like involved in the game and the game within a game and like everything else you're a new you're a newcomer and like it's is hard because everyone at that point in the game is starting to get very paired up right so okay my other question from okay i will say this based on your like voting of who ended up winning that probably, I will say this, you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. You probably voted the way you did because you didn't see the rest of what happened with Mateo and Gordon, right? That's honestly why you voted for Bobby and Nathan, right? No. Kind of. That no. wasn't it? Okay. No. I, love I recently just saw Gordon and I like um, was supposed to see Mateo the other weekend. He's actually about to be back in LA. Like I love them both dearly. They're my Pisces sisters. Um, but I literally I voted for Nate and Bobby because before I got on the show, the only person I knew who was gonna be on the show with me was Nathan. And we made a pack before we even got on the plane that we would vote for each other if we got to the finale. So the thing is, it didn't really matter who was on the other side of the couch or how much in love they were, I was like, I was going to keep up my end of the bargain because like that was a pack I made. And like, I am not someone who goes back from the word. And I, I mean, it's that game. Like you don't, you can vote for, for, for whatever reason. And I voted because he was my friend going into the competition and I had a pack. Right. I mean, well, okay. I will say this. Yeah, yeah, of course you of course you had your reason, but in truth, though, what they wouldn't let me talk about though is the fact that I wanted to go I went on a whole speech about why I chose Nate and Bobby and how much I loved Gordon Mateo. I wanted to say all these things about everybody. (laughs) And they were just like, Nope, we're not doing that. You need to see a name. You can't explain why. (laughs) Because I wanted to explain why. Yeah. I mean I would have loved that because I will say this, like, not that I hated the reunion because I didn't, but like, it, well, okay, I will say this. I don't know why I thought this, but I thought like maybe there'd be like some sort of like drama cat fight, like typically what happens in a reunion. And the fact that you you guys didn't have one of those, I was like, oh, this is going to be peaceful. I, yeah, every, I think everyone, without talking was kind of at a point where they were like um it's like it's the end of this like we don't want to have to go through more drama i think everyone kind of to degree was biting their tongue in a lot of their um a lot of times in storming it was like oh what about you guys what about what happened here i know that me and tokyo definitely were uh kind of holding back you know because it just like a lot of it, I know for me, like, didn't matter at that point. I know for a lot of other people, it was like, it was like, 
the end and like you're if you weren't at the top it's like you already know your fate right i don't know i think the reunion would have been different if it was done like now or like i guess a few weeks ago versus during filming because it would be different to have seen um the edits and the confessionals and everything like that and then have talked about it because i would have been different i would have said different things right and maybe you would have focused on your eyes a little bit more but because i will i will i will say this like I will I will say like literally every time that like you were on in the background I was I wasn't focused on who was in front of you I was paying attention to you. Like yeah. I don't I don't know if that's cuz you're my friend and I'm like, "Ooh, I want to know what Phoenix is doing." But like that's what I was. And I will say there's at one point you may you may think I'm wrong with saying this, but I could tell at one point you looked a little bored and like I was <laughs> I yeah, I remember like as it went on, I was like, because it wasn't, uh, I wasn't there that long, so it was a lot of it wasn't about me, and it was a long, it was really long to shoot that. Yeah. And you remember sitting there and being like, oh, I'm a bit bored because <laughs> nothing was happening. There was no catfight. Like I was ready to come back and see a catfight. I was, and there wasn't. Were you willing to start one? Like, no. okay. No, no, I'm not. Plus, um, I honestly was in, I was in a really good mood that day because, like, I had a really great time. So, like, that's my point. My, the reunion might have been different if it was, like, now versus then because, like, I have so many more opinions now, obviously, because I watched the whole thing. But, like, at the time, I was, like, in La La Land. I was, like, yeah, like, I love everyone. Like, last day of camp. Yeah. But, yeah, I was a little bored. Well, I mean, and also, I will say this, like, I think I can say this now, the fact that, like, so, okay, so Phoenix told me this off-camera last time, now that it's done with filming, I think I can say this, Phoenix never left, like, yeah, the area, so, like, he was off week one, and he probably, like, had to watch all these other, like, you just had to sit there and wait, and it's not like... Because you couldn't tell anybody where you were. It's not like you could go anywhere. Well, I was allowed to go out. Okay, so basically, I went in my Tesla Uber after I got eliminated, and I went, like, a block away, a few blocks away, to just a different house. And that was, like, the holding house. That's where all the people who all the people that were there who was coming on the show later on, and yeah. all the people who eliminated went there. That's how I met Demilo. That's why I got close to Milo because we were in that other house together, and um, we were allowed to leave the house. I was a, I got to, like, I got to kind of have a vacation. I got to go to different drag shows in Fort Lauderdale. I got to go to the beach. I got to go shopping. I got to, I went to, I made a pack to go. Well, not really a pack. It was only to myself. But I went to a different coffee shop every single day because I love coffee and I went to see like the variety yeah. of them. And I. Like had a really great time and like I so I saw I heard bits and pieces of what was going on in the house because people eliminated would show up and then tell me things and then people would go in, you know? Like yeah. I I was like the 
last person Prince saw before he went in. I was the last person Demilo saw before he went in. You know, I like yeah. I saw Demilo leave the morning of and come back the night of. You know, yeah. I, like I, Laya took me out that with like Prince like the first time in, in for Lauderdale, and then he left me at a strip club to go home and fuck someone. But. Well, I will say this, bitch. If you do, if you do season two, like, and I'm still in Florida, keep in contact with me because I, I'd, I'd love to hang out. Like, <laughs> just come see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it was, it wasn't bad, and so on. So, like, that's my point. Yeah. Like, I was like, when I came back for the reunion, like, I was in La La Land. Like, I was having a great time. I was like, because I was out of the drama, you know. I was just yeah. hanging out with people. Yes, I'll actually say, like, through talking to you and through, like, talking to a couple other people, like, this is just something that I came up with recently. It's like, the worst part is, I want to go somewhere now, like, I want to go on a vacation, but I literally can't, because, like, I'm in probation at work, so, like, I can't leave any to go anywhere, so, like, May, and it's like, seeing all the stuff you're doing in LA, I'm like, fuck, I want to go to Los Angeles, but, like, I literally can't. Well, season two is filming in July. Yeah. I think I can say that. <laughs> well, even if it's not, like, obviously, I would let you know if I was, like, going to L.A. Like, of course. Yeah. Anyway, where am I? Oh. Okay. Completely switching topics. So who are some of your gay role models growing up? I'm like thinking. I don't really do role models, but uh, <laughs> I I don't really do role models honestly because like I don't really want to be like anyone who's come before me. I like am a very individualist. Individual, individual, uh, I am someone who is very individual. In, I can't talk really. Um. Sorry. This is sorry. Someone texted me. About part I'm supposed to go to later. Um, I'm someone who has always, like I said this in fifth grade, like I'm not someone on, um, who like wants to be like someone else or wants to fully follow their path. I'm someone who is definitely influenced by people. So I have a lot of people who've influenced me. Like RuPaul has been a huge person in my life who's influenced me since a young age. Like I started, yeah. knew about RuPaul's Drag Race from season one. I started watching on season two. I knew about him before that and so on. On like, on the well, yeah, I've been a huge fan of his, and he's definitely influenced me a lot. Being someone who is um, queer and black and successful, I will say, funny enough to jump ship, Willem Willem Belli is a huge mm-hmm. influence and inspiration to me, um, and because he truly was the first um, drag queen I related to. I never really like, related to Rapal as like, oh, we're like the same personality i like looked up to him and respected his success and like what he's done and like admired that with willem it was like i related at a young age to the type of queen he was and so on being like an actor first being someone who's about fashion being someone who is funny and witty and i really related to that so that was a huge influence um let me think about other queers um it's hard because I'm honestly really influenced by a lot of females. 
Not gonna lie. Um, well, I would have, I would, I would put that under the um, gay role model category. Like that. Then I have a lot more to talk about. It's funny. I think I'm sure I'll think of other gay men later. But when I think of like, um, like Tyra Banks is a huge influence in my life. Like anyone who knows me, like I was. Like, especially if you ask, like, my siblings, like, my older brother, like, I was obsessed with Tyra growing up. Like, I literally was obsessed with her career, obsessed with her, her runway is in high fashion, obsessed with America's Next Top Model. I, like, would, I, like, toured her so many times to make it, like, an all-male season. <laughs> I, like, I watched every single episode of her talk show. I'd, like, come home and watch it, like, live. Like, I was, like, a very dedicated fan. And she's another person who I relate to and I respected her success. And I saw a lot of myself in um, because she is a big personality. And then she is, like, a model and everything she does. On the other note, I'm like, okay, this is the Pisces in me, right? From RuPaul to Willem, I'm going to go from Tyra to Naomi Campbell. Like, Naomi Campbell is, like, also a huge influence for me because I just think that um, she's done so many things. She's had so many iconic things. She is the walk. The same way that I literally have, like, I can mimic Tara Banks's walk, like, yeah, you no, know, like, I mean, like, her '90s walk in high fashion, the two different versions of it, to her, her um, Victoria's Secret one runway, the, the about three different versions of work, did that, and on top model, like, I'm like very, I've always been very obsessed with fashion, and so now we Campbell's is like, she's the best model there's ever been. It's just point blank, period, and. Yeah. The rising Capricorn. I'm a rising Capricorn. We both look like hunts. But um yeah, so that's huge. Beyonce's huge. I like Beyonce was my like celebrity crush when I was straight. I've gone to like her concert since like 2012 or something like that. Um I I look up to her because I look at her as like a performer. Like for me, I look at her and I'm like, she's perfection in performing like what she does is so well done like i remember i was seeing the on the run tour and i was like standing on my like i was like on four seats like standing on my little like big seat like dancing drinking too drunk in love with the alcohol i snuck in yes i snuck it in and i had like a crown like a spear gummed to my head that was like <laughs> like like it was a whole thing and i remember my drunken haze being like okay what's the difference between me and her there was a difference between me as a performer and her and i looked at the difference between what the seat i was sitting in and her on stage and i vouch myself like i was going to get to that point and like every and even just funny enough like every single concert i've seen since i've been closer and closer to the stage and as well i've my life has gone um better and better and better um so she's definitely a huge huge role model for me. Rihanna is a huge role model for me. Um, partially because she's um, West Indian. And just like I am, like she grew up in Barbados. My mom grew up in Ghana in the Caribbean. Like I um, love the representation of someone who, um, you know, like she talks the same way that my whole side of my mom's family talks, you know? And like, I love that what she did in music. She is, the amount, look it up how many number one hits she has and so on. It's more than Beyonce. It's more than most people. It's right above Janet Jackson, right? And like what, right. for the love, right? Carrie kind of thing. And, and like, to, like, it's a whole, 
she's been so successful and then she switched to makeup and clothes like i'm obsessed with her makeup i own so much of it i'm obsessed with what she's done and um for um the black community and what she's done in general i will also say also something everybody knows about me i love 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 Love, 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 love. My 2000s party girl icon, Lindsay Lohan. I am such a big Lindsay Lohan fan. I just performed. My last number was Lindsay Lohan number. Yeah, uh, you just performed Rumors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know what is about her, but since I was like little, I just like really liked her and like, and I really appreciated her movie and I appreciated her path. And I think I was so excited for her to come back, every single one of them. And I've been an obsessive fan forever. I know her ex body double, you know, like I work. Someone, and like, I think there's a theme here too. It's like a lot of people who I look up to are people who are very, very talented at what they did and struggled either with substances or with um, other things in their life and have and found a way to overcome that. And that's relatable to me because that's my story. Um, and they're all hot and beautiful. <laughs> right. I love a redhead. If you're a redhead, please DM me. Which I will say, like, I did, speaking of you doing rumors, I will give you props for that, because that song is, like, really fucking hard to know all the words. I've literally only done it once, because I fucked up lyrics when I was, like, trying to perform it. I'm like, I'm never doing this song again. But... <laughs> Unless it's like kind of quiet, so you can't. It's hard to hear lyrics sometimes. I actually did mix, so I'm not sure if you ever heard Lindsay Lohan's um, dating ad that she did. No, hilarious. Look it up. Anyone, look it up. It's so funny. That's how I. Well, okay. I started my number with um, the Mean Girls quote from Regina George saying, "Like, do you know what they say about you? You're just less hot." Blah, blah. Yeah, and then walked out and I did the. Um, dating ad, like a monologue, where she talks about, it's like a whole satire, it's her making fun of herself, she, like, had an ankle monitor on, she was like, oh, like, someone who wants to, like, like, you know, be in love for, like, life, or at least till the end of my probation, like, I'm single, like, I am a workaholic, a shopaholic, and according to the state of, of California, a alcoholic. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. very... So I went from that into the song Xanax by Lindsay Lohan, which like nobody knows. But do you know it? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because that's my favorite song by her, and she like took it down. I went from that and then into Rumors. But um, yeah, I'm very passionate about Lindsay. Wait, let me show you something. So pretty. This is my Lindsay wig. My drag mom, Sky Diamond, um, makes human hair wigs. She made this one for me. It's funny nice. enough the wig I used for my Tyra number. Because I love when Tyra was like a redhead in the 2000s. Right. It's so pretty. I will say this. Like... What was it? Somebody was like telling me about like how good my wigs are, and like obviously I will admit my hair, my wigs are not human hair. Literally, just because my head's so fucking big that I can't find a human hair wig that fits my head. Talk, talk to my mom. She'll make cus she makes custom caps, and she'll make AK for a bigger head. Hmm. Yeah, because one of my friends has 
she has a bigger head. <laughs> That's why it's like when I was telling somebody who was like talking about in drag, I'm like, the secret is you just got to know how to upkeep them. Like most of my wigs are like under $25. Like as long as you know how to like upkeep them and like how to detangle them, it's like styling is everything. Like that fucking wig is expensive and I got a discount, like family discount, right? And I like um, did a competition in October and I wore like I didn't even pay for the wig. My friend bought a twenty dollar wig and just like left it like at my hairstylist. I got it. She didn't want it back. And like I wore that out and people were like, Oh my god, it's a human, but it was synthetic. It was twenty dollars. But like if you know how to style something. And make it look right with like the outfit, the makeup, it's like the whole package. People it elevates it. And like because drag, like it's expensive. So sometimes you wear cheap shit, and sometimes you wear expensive shit. And like mostly for me, I like mix it, you know? And you mix the cheap shit with expensive shit. You know how to do it right, it'll look more elevated if you know how to wear it, you know? If you know your face shape. Like I don't right. wear bangs because I have a short forehead. Yeah. See, I'm trying to think. Do I have? No, most of my wigs don't. But I am, I am very particular now. Like uh, because when it first started, because... I just never well, my thing is now, like especially now, I won't wear wigs that aren't like center part, literally because I don't want to like sit there and try and figure out where the part is. I want to be able to take it out of the bag and like just be able to brush it out the way I need to and like. The longest time I would not wear center parts. I would only ever wear side parts. Only ever. And my drag sister used to get on me all the time. She's like, I just would love to see you in a center part. And I did it one time and I was like, oh, this looks so great. Yeah. So now I usually do a center part, but I do like a side part. I did the reason I did a side part for so long was because it's a lot harder to clock that it's a wig when it's a side part because it's slightly off kilter. So people's eyes yeah. Um, don't oh, um, aren't looking the symmetry of it as much. Right. It's all illusion. Didn't even think about that. Nah, I'm too lazy. Um, <laughs> I'm a very particular person by nature and a very um, passionate person by nature. So in like every type of performance, whether it's acting, drag, modeling, fashion, anything else like that. I am someone who gets very obsessive with like, I want to know as many th details and things to like absorb to like apply, you know? Right. Even in like, like when, even when it comes to acting, like I'm a really good acting student. Like I really listen to like what is being said and, and um, incorporating it. And I know, like I know a lot about that sort of stuff and the same about like fashion and so on so i get very i don't know does it make sense yeah i get that first of all i will say this i'm not speaking to phoenix's drag because or phoenix is acting because i've never seen it i can speak to your drag i know you're fucking talented but <laughs> well okay this is this is the no this is the bar i'm gonna put put you at what? I believe you could are honestly can do anything better than Mariah Carey and glitter. Like that's more <laughs> there is more acting to come. Yeah. I'm gonna say on that. There is more acting to come. 
and by act. the way, me, me saying I've never seen you act, that doesn't mean like you're bad at it. It just means you haven't done stuff. <laughs> it's funny. It's so what? Uh, no, a lot, I mean, a lot of people haven't seen me act, honestly. And like, even though I worked and so on, it's just like the things that most people watch, I have not been in. You know what I mean? And like, there's so right. many things. Like, no one's going to be like, I remember that Kindle Fire commercial you were in. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Bro, I did the whole fucking campaign. Like, nobody remembers that. Hands <laughs> look familiar. Yeah, they were on the, all the tablets. Like, you know, like I, you know, or like indie films or things like that that I've done. Like, like I, like who goes to, like, most people don't go to like LA Film Festival. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, but yes, there are more things to come, and hopefully, you'll see me act. And I think I'm pretty good, but yeah, I have my moments. Well, well, I mean, I speak to stuff that I know about. Like, I will say this: it's weird that you like you mentioned Naomi Campbell because, like, I will say, like, this is the way I at least thought of it when I was like talking about like most of my friends. I'm like. Compared to most of my friends, you are fucking Naomi Campbell, bitch. Like, ugh. she's everything. I will never forget her in the Blood Diamond um, court case, being like, "This is a very big inconvenience to me." <laughs> Do you no, but I know I've like heard Naomi Campbell like well, talk yeah, in interview, talk in interviews before, and that's exactly what she is like. In this whole court case, it is because of this African prince, and like, I'm not sure about Af- if it's African prince, but like a African guy, like billionaire, or whatever, like gave her a huge diamond as a gift, like a huge diamond. There was a blood diamond, so it wasn't like the most kosher thing that you're allowed to have. And like, it was this whole court case against him, and they dragged her into it, and they made her testify, and she was like in this little wig with like bangs and like updo, and they asked her like how. Like how she was doing or something like that, and literally her response was like, "Well, this is a major inconvenience for me." (laughs) 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 Yeah, but I appreciate that. You're of course runway walk too, actually. Yeah, well, of course, anyone who saw like, and one of the reasons I tagged you when you saw this, anyone who saw my podcast where like I talked about you, like I love you, like. I really do. In fact, this is something that you don't know. I'm going to release this at some point. You actually inspired me to like finish a song that I've like had a beat like on for years. And I'm like, and literally the, the line that like got me to inspire it's like, it's a song called Opinionated. And like the second verse, I say, like, I'm talking my shit like Phoenix Lee. And like from there, I was just, bam, able to like, Go in and finish the fucking song. So at some point, I'm gonna release that when. Oh, fun fact, fun fact about the show. Okay, so when I was in the other house, Demilo was um, constantly making music because, like, that's just what he does. That's just like what he does. He listens right. to all the time. He makes more music. I I inspired him to make a song that he's not released. We have not. He's not finished it yet. But it was um, it was what was it called? I think it was called Bad or something like that. It was very Vixen X and so on. To his opinion of me. Yeah. So, yeah. He sampled like um, Edith, Edith Kitts, like, I want to be evil. 
wow, nice. Yeah. I'm just over here being amused. <laughs> you know, there's one time where I was a SoundCloud rapper. Shit. I can't hear you. Hello? Okay, there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah. I did. I was almost on a track for one of my friends. I did write a verse. It was very, very difficult. Writing music is really difficult. Uh, and then I got cut. Yeah. My verse got cut. Yeah. So someone who is an actual name in music decided to collab with them. But it was on a song called um, Bad Bitch. Nice. And yeah. I don't remember what my verse said. All I know is like it mentioned walking to Evita, um, stunting on these hoes and gunning for your man. Walking to the club of Evita. Um, I don't even know. It was, it was cute though. Well, but I don't okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll skip to that question. So, would you ever consider doing music? Um, I would cons- be open to releasing like drag bitch tracks or just like that kind of stuff or Phoenix yeah. bitch tracks kind of. But I would not say that I would be would want to do music. Does that make sense? Like that would right. not be like one offs. I could see myself doing like one offs, like kind of. Yeah. You know. A little RuPaul number, or even like, yeah. I, but I, that's not my passion. That's not where something I'm necessarily like good at or inclined to do. Um, yeah, not for me. I really support other people who do it. I have a lot of friends that do it, and yeah. I think it's amazing. I had my ex, um, she did it, did it. She was, um, she worked, uh, she sang, she did music, she had release a lot of stuff and it was like really interesting for me to like live in the same environment as her because like she would like get up at 2 a.m to go to the bathroom to like record like two little things right remember if she didn't and go back to bed i just remember being like wow this music is so much more work than i thought it was (laughs) it is work it is it's so much more because it's not easy I will say though, now that I remember, I almost did record for Christmas a um like it was it was like a song I saw on TikTok with my friend and we just like completed the verses and we were gonna record it. Um and it was too like the song, you know, it was a parody. It was like we were making a parody of a parody of the song for the song on like last Christmas. Oh, okay. What was it? Last, last Christmas, you gave me cocaine, and the very next day, my daddy took it away. It was a whole thing, like, very bad. Yeah. yeah. It was going to be so funny, but we didn't end up doing it. Right. I will say this, like, as someone who, like, someone who hit me up who, like, said that they missed me doing music, and I was like, he's like, what are you going to do again? I'm like, listen. I am busy trying to, like, plan a podcast here. I don't have any fucking help. Like, as soon as I get, like, 
music started, I was. It's like, at some point, I actually did something that I consider super unhealthy, which was I went back into like a beat, like deep, deep in my archives that I'd written that was kind of like sad. And then I finished a song that was like super sad. And it like, it stirred up like emotions in me that like I wasn't feeling at the moment. But it's like once I let it out, it like felt so good. But I will say this to people and to songwriters that are like, don't do that. It's not healthy for you. Like, yeah. Plus, like, I'm not a good singer, and I know that. You know, I yeah. was a better when I was younger when I did more musical theater stuff. But like, I'm not. I was never like an amazing singer, and I've gotten worse with age. <laughs> um, don't smoke cigarettes, kids. I have quit, but like, did not help my voice at a young age. But um. So I know my strengths. Like that's not one of my strengths. I wish I had a beautiful voice, and I think it's amazing if you're talented in those things. But like, I also am a huge believer that you should just um, do what you're good and good at in life. I do not believe that you can teach talent. I believe you're either talented or you're not talented, and that's just how things are. And well, you can skills and skill sets, but like, I am not talented at singing. Funny enough. I did grow up playing piano, so I'm not not I'm good at piano. I'm not good at other instruments, and I'm not a good yeah. singer. But I'm good at piano. I did um, nine years of conservatory training in uh, Russian conservatory training from the age of wow. four, and four years of jazz um, training um, afterwards. But but I haven't played piano in years. Well, okay. To your point of like you can't teach somebody talent. I honestly believe you can make somebody passable, but you can't make them talented. Yeah, but that's skill. Yeah. Teaching skill can improve someone. Like what I do for a living is like literally I go and see auditions all the time and I help scout talent and I also like run a training program that it helps actors who are just starting to get to a point where they're able to work and are bookable. Like that's literally my day job. So I literally look at people all the time and judge them and I decide whether or not I think they're talented or not. And talent and skill sets are different because you can be talented and have no skill, but you need to be taught skill. You can be not talented and taught skill and be passable, but you're never going to be amazing. Or you could just be not talented with no skill. Like the way I look at it is like a painter. Like you can be taught to paint. Anyone can get be right. taught and and do oil paints and this and that and so on. But it doesn't make you a fucking Picasso. Right. But if you're talented innately, and uh, the thing is that even though you're talented innately, it does not mean you can actually achieve what Picasso level or something like that, unless you're someone teaches you how to do oil paints, because no one knows how to do oil paints until someone teaches you. It's a skill set. You know what I mean? But someone right. who's talented learns that same thing can achieve so much more great things, but you can learn that skill no matter what. Like acting, acting, anyone can learn how to act, honestly. It's a skill set that doesn't make you an Academy Award winning actor. Totally. And skill. Just like sucking dick, you can <laughs> love yourself, but it doesn't mean you're talented at it. And maybe you're right. not gifted, but you should learn a few tricks and skill sets. <laughs> You heard it here. Learn a few tricks of how to suck dick. I'm pretty good at it. Not gonna lie. 
I've been told I'm good. I've been told I'm bad. And maybe that's because of who I'm vibing with. Like, if you're not vibing with a person, you're not going to be passionate about doing it. That Yeah, the passion is so much. you got to really love, love the dick. And if you ain't loving the dick, it ain't going to be good. Right. So... Fun fact, this top, super cute. This is the top I was going to wear the, on the first episode. And then they told me to take it off and not wear a shop shirt. Why? Because they wanted my body to be out. <laughs> oh, so they... And also, oh, so they said the... branding because they didn't like the fact that it was Florence. Yeah. I will say this. It's so, like... I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, um, what question? I'll skip that one. So, what was it like for you the first time that you got into drag? Ooh, that was okay. Let me explain that because I met my drag mother because she came over to my place and we fought. <laughs> no Ponzi drag. We just we fucked, and um, then I asked her because she had just fucked someone else before, right? And then we had sex, and I asked her if I was better than the guy before because I'm an ego maniac, like very egotistical when it comes to like sex. I guess I really like to be the best, and she said I wasn't, like to my face. So I fucked her again, and tried like okay. Any top's gonna get this. There's different levels of how much you try. There's just a different level. Sometimes, like, like I, the first time I was not trying 100%. I just wasn't because, like, most of the time I don't try 100%. So the second time I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it my all. So then I did, and then she told me I was better than the first guy, and I was happy. And then we hung out. We were just hanging out naked, and she told me she did drag, and I was like, oh my god, I love drag. Let me sh see your drag, and I was like, wow, your drag's really good. And then, like, we parted ways, and then um, we she hit me up a few different times, and we got in a bunch of fights. Like, I blocked her. I, like, was so over her. Like, we, like, did not, like, mesh at all. Like, it was a no-go. And then randomly, I got a text from a number that I didn't know, being like, hey, um, any way I could put you into drag for a competition I'm in? The challenge is to put someone into drag for the first time. I thought it was my friend Brian. So I said, yeah, sure, girl. Like, whatever. That sounds fun. Like, whatever. I never thought about actually doing drag. Then yeah. DM, this and that and so on. Like, you know, texted to figure out the whole, like, number and what we're doing and what I had to go by. And then I showed up. I remember I le left work and I was so late to show up, right? And I showed up at the house and I was like, shit. This is not Brian. And it like all clicked. And I was like, fuck my life. What am I gonna do? I'm already here, I already have my bags. We're doing Lady Marmalade. I already got my shit for little Kim. And um so I literally walked in and she put me into drag and she put um like two other people into drag because we we're doing Lady Marmalade and we performed. And she won that night for that competition because she had three people in drag and the 
we did an amazing job. I lived, I was like, wow, I like felt amazing. I got tips 50 bucks, you know, I had like an amazing time. And then I went back to her place and we hung out the rest of the night and we just, everyone else went home and we just hung out and talked and got to know each other. And like, we got to know each other on like a different like sphere and spectrum and they did a lot of work with themselves and like we we vibed and we were like i was like wow like you're this is a whole other side of you makes more sense and like i like you so much more and i really enjoyed doing drag and like that's when i became sky diamond because oh sorry i didn't become sky diamond wow that's my mom's name her name is sky diamond she named me anita diamond and oh. um yeah and then then it was just off of there. And then she would go on to win the competition, you know? Wow. And that's also um, that first night I did drag, the the um, the judge that night, the guest judge, was Gigi Good. Wow. That's... Before Drag Race. That's when I first met Gigi Good. Yeah. Second time I did drag, I was the first time I did drag. Give me, like... Not like her doing my makeup. You mean like, yeah, I my own makeup. I bought my I bought my first like wig, like synthetic wig that I was so cute. That it was so expensive. That I got from UK. Like it was very like beautiful blonde wig, expensive. Like I did my own makeup. I like bought a corset and like a sparkly bra and like some hot pants. Tugged for the first time that night. Put on like some like hooker heels and like. I remember she looked at me and she sh- she just went to her closet and gave me a fur coat. <laughs> All she did, she's like, there you go. There you go, babe. You look like a hooker. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and I went to Gigi Good's 21st birthday. That was the first time I did my own. Um, and I thought I looked like Naomi, like Naomi Smalls. I it was like, I look like Naomi Smalls. Someone said that. I was like, I did not look like Naomi Smalls. I did not look bad. I've never looked bad in drag. I already knew how to do makeup before drag. I learned how to do better drag makeup over time because a girl, I was wearing a like a just like wispy little lash, just a, like hardly any makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Look, looking like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And um, yeah, so that was my first two experiences in drag when someone else put me in when I did it myself. Well, well, some of us can get away with doing hardly any makeup. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) no, I will say actually, like, you actually liked one of you liked my photo from last Tuesday, which I was so glad that you did because I'm like, I was so afraid. So what happened was, I ran out of makeup. I went to go look in like a few different stores. I couldn't find my shade. So literally I had to go like a shade darker and I'm like, I'm like, I put it on. I'm like, this doesn't look that bad. It didn't. Cause you I would thank you. You Lindsay, I went to Sephora by me to get um, the cream contour I used from Huda. And they were like, Oh, we don't, cause they're smaller Sephora. They were like, Oh, yeah. you're going to get to the bigger Sephora. And I was like, that sucks. And I was already running late and I went to the bigger Sephora and then they were like, yeah, that product no longer exists. They discontinued it. I was like, of course I go like on show day to pick this up thinking it was going to be like a 20 minute affair. This is like taking hours. And um, I, because of my darker complexion, it's really hard to find 
contour and cream contour. So I had to go through every single, every single cream contour that they had that could possibly not bronzer. I needed a cool tone, be that clear. And like that girl kept apologizing. This white girl was just apologizing the whole time that there weren't products made for me, basically. And yeah. it came and like it came out to two products and like I yeah picked one and you know and I made it work. But like it's just it's hard when like things aren't what you're used to and shade is so important. And like I ended up with the Mario make uh can uh, contour stick and I like it but I still like the other one more and it doesn't exist and that's really hard and it's really sad that there aren't as many options for people on my skin tone for like contour and like the other option was the Fenty one and I did not go with the Fenty one love Rihanna love Fenty but the formula is not that great for the contour stick mm. it is not for me and it was just sad that, like, the two things that could possibly work was two things, an entire store dedicated to makeup with a billion products, two options. And one of them was the only product from Fenty that's had the worst reviews. Yeah, that's not... And I was, I was so late to that performance. I, I was, like, two hours late. <laughs> Thank God they're my sisters. But... Yeah. See, okay, you saying that makes me... Because f- I would... The time when I... That time, as I said, where I couldn't find my makeup, I'm like, fuck, if I lived in a city, I would not have this problem at all, but then you're saying that clearly not true. You should, it is nice living in a city because you you do have a wealth of things, you know what I mean? Like, there's right. still highlighters and everything else and concealers to go through. But shade is the hardest part about makeup. It really is. And like, I am a different color in this time of year versus in August. You you can look at it on the show. I'm a lot darker on the show than I am right now. Because <laughs> it's been summer, you know? Summer in LA and then summer in Florida. Yeah. And then like, things like makeup-wise, when I do makeup in the summer versus like in the winter, like, you, you've got to change things up or else like, I love him doing white face in the summer. Okay, yeah, she. Well, in truth, secret is I say to make my makeup work all year round, I just don't go outside. Like, I am very much, I, I am not the person, like. I just have two bottles. I, I have, like, two different Fenty foundations at two yeah. different ways, And one's my usual shade, and then one's, like, one or two darker or something. And, like, if I don't like pump just a little bit more of the time and mix it. Yeah. yeah. It works. Alright, so, speaking of drag, have you ever been inappropriately touched in drag before? Of course. But I don't really mind that much. Well, okay, this is the reason. I... I... I'm sure someone's touched my crotch before in drag, but I can't really remember an instance. That's the only time when like that is really disrespectful. Like you, like you do not touch that my tuck. Like don't do that. But like people will touch like if I'm wearing boobs, they'll touch my boobs, or they'll just like they'll touch my ass or this and that. Like I don't. I rather I don't like being touched in drag. I don't. But the thing is, like I wear pads, so like it is it, it isn't my real ass you're touching. Yeah. 
you know like that's the kind of like it'd be different with real ass for sure but yeah i mean i just don't even appropriately i don't really like being touched and drag yeah like i understand why trixie doesn't hug people it's weird no, oh okay the, oh the thing that pisses me off though i will say is when, pe- when people touch my hair when people touch my hair in drag that pisses me off i'm like that is not okay that uh that will drive me crazy it drives me crazy even as a boy like i don't like people touch my hair um ever it's just disrespectful right. in my opinion I will say this. I've discussed it on here before. I don't know if I discussed it with you. I had somebody snatch my wig one time. Like, literally just... Yeah. Literally, I was just, like, sitting in sitting in the bar, like, waiting to perform. And they're literally, like, just like, I just want to see what you look like without it. And they snatched my fucking wig off. And they're lucky that they got me in, like, a good mood. Because otherwise, I would have taken my shoe and beat the shit out of them. Because, like, it's like, I was sitting in the window the whole time, like... I would have making sure my partner is in the right place for the full amount that weight costs, and be like, "You're gonna pay." <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this: like, unlike you, my wigs are never like Bobby yeah. pinned in or anything like that. But because it's like nine yeah, percent of the time, it's especially like me. They yeah. the whole house. Well, it's because it's like either I'm doing this or I'm singing live. I'm like, I know where my hair is going to be. Like, yeah, I don't need to like. I've had plenty of wigs. Maybe not plenty, but like I've had wigs fly off my hair. (laughs) Fly off my hair. Fly off my head. Before in performances, for sure. I did have it once. Like, luckily the place. Well, it didn't like fly off, but I could tell it was going to fly off. So I literally like went and grabbed it before it was going off. This one did at New York Pride when I was performing at a special uh, um, special event that was offered. Let's see. Okay. So, this is more just like a curiosity question. Would you ever consider doing OnlyFans or like doing porn in the studio? Um, I get asked this question a lot, which is always, uh, in my opinion, a compliment because I have, I know a lot of people who do both. Um, when it comes to porn, um, I have no desire to do porn. I've never really had a desire to do porn um, because acting has always been such a um, big part of my life and what I want to do with my career. And for me, it comes down to the fact that I think God, the industry is better about it and it's not as judgmental. But I don't want to walk into a casting where there's gay guys and they're like, and the most famous thing they know me for is like four guys one night in Vegas, you know? <laughs> I want like, the film to come to their head when they see me. Um, and that's just me personally and the career that I am trying to to succeed in. Um, when it comes to OnlyFans, OnlyFans is something that, first off, I think is a lot of work. Anyone who does it and is successful, it's a lot of work. And it's like, I do so much already and I'm trying to do so many things. I'm so busy. I don't have the time to invest in like truly having a successful OnlyFans. Also, I just, I personally, like I could not let someone else like edit something and post something without me seeing it. And like, I would be like, I think I would be really 
self-conscious honestly about like what I look like while having sex because I would be looking at every flaw on my body being like I wish I could like put makeup on that or I wish I could like touch it up or oh my god I should have like gone to the gym more like I don't know I'm seeing myself on video for that would be really hard on me I think um mentally and I don't think that's worth it as well as I think it does change sex for you to do something for money anything and like most of my hobbies I've turned into professions uh acting was a hobby before I started to do it professionally fashion and modeling was something I did for fun before I started doing it professionally um drag was something that is like a hobby until I realized that it was an, another job that had created uh, yeah. a hobby, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm not very good at not monetizing hobbies and um, sex is like a hobby. <laughs> like it's like something I enjoy on my own time. Yeah. And I like I, monetizing it would, um, it would suffer, you know? Right. When I do drag, I love drag, but every time I do a song in drag, it ruins the song for me. I can't listen to that song anymore. Because I spent too long learning it, performing it, so I don't listen to those songs like own time anymore. Right. Just like things like that, like little things you notice, you know. First of all, okay, I'm gonna point this out. You saying flaws? I was thinking what? What flaws? Like literally, I will. I will say this. Like, and this is me maybe being a little bit shady. Like. I just, like, look at you and, like, see how attractive you are. So, like, on For the Love of Dilfs, on episode two, they, like, got you at, like, one bad angle. And the shady part of me went, like, thank God he has flaws. Like, but... And everyone has insecurities. And I I know I'm attractive. And I know I have a lot of things that are ideal as a gay man and things that people... Both ugly and lust over. I know that, but I'm also a human, which means that I do have things about myself that I don't particularly like or would like to improve. I am very right. comfortable with myself and very confident in who I am. But like, I'll say one huge thing for me is like, I don't have the best skin. I don't have the best skin. I have like a lot of, of like scars from it on my my back, and like I break out a lot, and like my face breaks out on occasion and like I don't have good skin and like that would be a huge insecurity for me to look at because um, I don't like how I look from the back because of it and so on but like th- and like how that happened was like I actually had like really amazing I had a really amazing perfect skin my whole life and I never had acne as a teenager and I was really really blessed but then um, when I was 22 I say 22 I was living in a house full of guys and like they're all straight but um I we had a huge hot tub and we go in it all the time and throw parties and we like sure someone came to clean it like once a week or something like that but we were in it all the time I remember one summer I went in it and like I have sensitive skin and I had a reaction and I got um um spondylitis yeah uh no i got sorry another thing i got folliculitis sorry spondylitis is like i have back problems and that came from that but um yeah. i got folliculitis folliculitis is something that everyone has on their skin but it's usually not activated it can be activated like one of two ways one of them is through a hot tub so i ended up actually breaking out all over 
And like, I never had that experience before where I'm seeing like my face was, was broken out. I'm not, like, not just like, oh, a few pimples. I'm talking like cystic acne and like as long with like my back. So basically everything that was at water level kind of thing. Right. And, um, and I, also I never go put my head in water. I never do it because I never want to fuck up my hair. And that day I did, you know, and yeah. it's fortunate because it was, it became really, really bad. I had a infectious disease doctor, everything else. I became one of the worst cases in Orange County because of it, because they couldn't figure out what it was. They would put me on all these different medications and Accutane and this and this, nothing was working until they figured out that it came across the tub. And the thing is like, it was really hard on me because um, like I ended, I was in college for business at this point. I had gone back to school and I had a midline in my arm. It was consistently there, and the home nurse that came twice a week to my a place to um to clean it and 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 redo it. And I took these like had these like I had this freezer full of these like balls that were um they were antibiotics that I had to like literally inject into myself every single day to get get rid of it. it was really, I like failed classes because I like couldn't get there. It was like a um medication was super strong, on um and infected me really hard and like. During that time was like when I stopped acting and I stopped modeling and I it literally thought I would never do it again because I thought this was just the way I was going to look forever. I was like, and it was the like first time and it was a like humbling experience. It was like the first time I experienced like not being pretty. It was the first time I understood that I used to live in a pretty bubble. I did not understand the, the fact that people wouldn't just give me free products. I didn't understand that people wouldn't just, as like, let me cut the line. I didn't understand like that I was, had been living in a bubble of the, being pretty and being pretty privileges. And now when I lost that, it was really hard on me. It was really hard on me to realize that that was, might never be my life again. And then like also to realize that like literally the careers that I went into were entirely based of how attractive I was. And I didn't even mean to go into those industries because of that. It was just a fact. I was always attractive. It wasn't something that I thought about. Oh, and so on it's like a um, upside. It was just like, I was more focused on like the fashion or or the acting or this that. I didn't realize like I had this baseline that I was attractive, and when that was taken away, that meant and suddenly that no people didn't want me for jobs. People didn't and, and, like this. Like what I worked for since I was sixteen to twenty two, I was like, I'm never going to be able to do this again. I have to retire. I have to end all this because my entire life is based off what I look like and right. perform from that. And it took, it was really hard on me and a really weird situation to go through. And I, like my, my face got better. That's the first thing I really wanted to get better. And it did. And my back slowly, and it's so much better now than it was, but I still have scars and it's my skin still sensitive. I still break out to a degree. And so sometimes I have to take medications to combat it and so on. And it's, and I have to go to a dermatologist and this and that. And like for, or, um, I don't do it right now, but I used to get uh, like um, extractions every week and so on from my face to keep it the way it is. And I still have to do so much work. And like, that's where a huge insecurity comes from. But what's so right. weird at that time in my life and like how traumatic it really was for me, because it was a real health issue, was that that's when I met my ex, Greg. I met a guy who had ended up in the longest relationship that ever be uh, who I would not show him my Instagram because I didn't want him to know what I looked like before. 
I was terrified he'd find out that was once so hot and that it wasn't anymore. And for some reason, maybe I was just overly confident when I pursued him, but he was into me. And having someone meet you when you don't feel as you feel like the lowest and see you as so beautiful and then watch you recover and then become hotter or whatever else was a really truly humbling experience because like that's what i want in someone not someone who looks at me as like some service actual object but someone who truly liked me and fell in love with me for me and the fact that i got hot again was just a perk right i mean i still had the abs <laughs> yeah what's all that but like you it is but the face but yeah, see, so like, that sort of stuff would be insecure for me looking at having sex is seeing those things and not being able to like edit them because they make pictures, I'll edit them. I don't yeah. do a lot of my photos, but like I will edit my skin when it comes to like certain regions or stuff like that. See, you saying this in some ways, I am one of those people who thought for the longest time that I was ugly. So like in some ways I look at that as like kind of a good thing. Cause it's like, it forced me to work on my talents and it forced me to like develop a personality because I have this thing of like, because I didn't look like everyone else did like skinny, whatever. So I was just thought like, well, you're ugly bitch. You might as well like develop some talents. So like people want to pay attention to you. But Once guys, like, started telling me that, like, they found me attractive, it started, like, making me feel better about myself. And then I realized, I looked at all this shit, and I'm like, shit, I wasted all this time, like, feeling bad about myself when I didn't need to. And so in some ways, I'm grateful, but in some ways, I wish it had been different. It makes you who you are. And the thing is, like... Yeah. The thing is, like, once again, like, I'm very confident. I do know I'm attractive. I've thought I've been attractive for a long time, but that did not mean I grew up always thinking I was attractive and so on. Let's not talk about middle school. Like, I was a very, I'm a very critical person. So I was a very critical person the way I looked, too. And I, I have very big features, which I love. Like, when I was a baby, everyone called me eyes because I have really big eyes. I have a really big lips. I have really big teeth. Like, I like everything's very big. And it's great now, but when I was going through adolescence, like my features are, my features were almost too big for my face. And I used, I used to look. I, if you, ugh, if I could have had a nose job in seventh grade, I would have done anything. Like I was obsessed with an idea of getting a nose job. I wanted a nose job my entire adolescence. I really thought I would end up getting a nose job. I, the only thing that scared me was Michael Jackson, who's another one yeah. of my idols. Um, I love Michael, but like that scared me. But the thing is, like, it took me. Till senior year, I had a moment backstage at a theater show where I looked in the mirror and I actually saw myself and I realized that my nose wasn't as big as I thought it was. In my head, I when I would look at myself, I kept seeing the nose from when I was in seventh grade. I kept seeing the nose when I was younger and how big it was. I hadn't comprehended that my face had shifted and grown into yeah. my nose. But it was such a poignant moment in my life to realize, like, I distort the image in the mirror. Even though I'm looking at myself, I was distorting what I saw. Even oh, though someone else could tell me 
that I looked pretty or this or that. I still saw that. And like, cause my nose as a black man in America was told to me was not attractive as one of the only people of color in my school I saw as a thing that made me very different and less appealing. And it took me a long time to just get over that one character trait. It really took me my entire adolescence. And I am so glad that I fell in love with it. I'm so glad I found makeup because the thing is like, I don't need a nose job. I can just contour my nose. I was like, I know right. you guys to look. And the things like, and I don't have any contour on right now, but like I have, I'm glad I came to a point where I fell in love with it and I don't want that anymore for myself. And that I allowed myself to see my body and face change and to fall in love with it. But yeah, everyone has like things, you know, I was, I'm hot now, but like I didn't get hot till like sophomore year and like middle school is hard on you when you feel different. And it was like, when I came out, I didn't feel attractive either. You know, which is why, yeah, when the the first guy I met I fell in love with told me I was pretty, like, it felt good. Definitely. And the thing is, I had to learn when he left that I was still pretty, even though he wasn't there anymore to tell me. Right. Which he did. Which is funny because the other story about my virginity is two days later when we hung out, mind you, this is a guy I had like an on and off thing with for like um, a year and a half, right? The same age as me. The words he said to me cut me so deep because he told me that I was a hot body and nothing more and blocked me. And I was like madly in love with this guy and I had just lost my virginity. And I remember how hard that was to hear as a teenager because like now I got hot and now I'm being told that that's all I am. That that's all I am. And that I was nothing more than just that. That fucked me for a long time. That was hard to get over too. Yeah. It's also like... I could never like see, even if I thought that about somebody and maybe I did find somebody who's like vain and shallow and like all they were is a hot body. I don't think I'd ever tell them that. I think I'd just like step away, but girl, you know, you're more than that. Like, yeah. I know you're more than that. Like I do now, but it's telling a 15 year old get that, like that was hard, but and no one should be told that. Right. Okay. So character. <laughs> okay. What is oh there we go. So what would your ultimate role to play as an actor be? Whatever one gets me an Oscar. <laughs> I like a lot of different things. There's I was asked this recently too. Like I don't care the genre. I think every genre is valid and I would like to play all of them. I don't have a role necessarily that um, that would be ideal. I mean, all, the next one I get booked for, you know, or just a role that hasn't been written yet. It's, I don't think there's necessarily someone I can think of that like I would love to play or portray 
or a story that I would like. I mean, I would love to do a horror movie. I think that'd be so fun. Horror movie would be so fun. And I love right. psych I love psycho thrillers. My second favorite movie is American Psycho. Like I love um I love rom coms. I'm I'm a big rom com girl, not gonna lie. I I am such a sucker for romance. As much as I'm like, I don't want to date, I don't want to date, I love romance and I love stories like that. Well, that's all of us. Like, yeah, I say I don't want to date much either. I like a romantic. Co- well, I will say this at least for me now, I don't like seeing movies where it's like there aren't gay people in them, like, mm-hmm. or like gay people aren't part of the like essential like plot of the movie, which is why I like a lot of independent movies now. And that's more yeah. something I've like found that I liked as I got older. I get that. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, there definitely needs to be more clear representation for sure. Especially in the mainstream and not just in independent, but it is really beautiful the work that independent um queer producers, directors, and actors are doing because it is really inspirational and honestly really good work. But it's also, it's like, the one example that I think of, like, when we're talking about mainstream was when Bros came out. I I saw, like, clips of that movie and actually it was playing one time in the background when I was getting fucked and I'm like, it's like, I saw it and it's like, this movie is not good. Like, I'm glad I didn't pay to go see this movie. This movie is awful. Like, it was not the best. And it's just, it's like, it's like, my thing is like, I would take any of the independent films. Cause like what, what of my, one of my favorite movies, I don't know if it's one that like a lot of people have heard of. It's called, um, truth. It stars, um, Sean Paul Lockhart, Brent Corrigan. And he plays like this guy who ends up falling in love with this other guy, but then he finds out that he has a family and then he like snaps. And it's just like the stuff of that. And it's like that. I, f- I fucking watch that movie all the time. I fucking love that movie. But it's like, I would rather see that over like something where it's like bros, where it's like, you're going to talk about how much it's gay. You're going to talk about all this. You're going to talk about all this gay stuff that's in there. And it's like, you're not going to let things go organically. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Oh. Knowing that you're not a very good singer, would you ever consider auditioning for a musical? Um I used to do musicals when I was a better singer, but um I would with with voice lessons maybe. But it's not as or auto-tune or in a movie <laughs> um you know, compress it and make it sound good. But right. not high on my list of things to do. Understandable. Okay, what's next? Oh, so what is your relationship with drugs and alcohol like? Um, I am currently sober. I um, have six years of sobriety. I um, fell into drugs and alcohol at like an early age. Um, being queer, it was um, an escape and a way to deal with a lot of things in my life. And then it ultimately became a problem. And I took a long time to figure out how to stop doing them. It was not something that happened overnight. It took me about a year. Um, but 
it's something I don't really judge other people for doing. I mean, it's just kind of my story, not theirs. Um, I don't really care if I'm around them or not. Um, especially going out and being in nightlife. I do see a lot of that and I'm exposed to a lot of people who both um, drink and do drugs. Um, I have no desire to ever drink or do drugs myself. Um, it's just, it, it wouldn't benefit my life. And I really love my life today. And I'm really lucky to have the life I have. And it's because I've, made the healthy choice for myself to stop doing them. Right. See, I will say, and this is actually like a moment I'm going to take to confess something on this podcast that I've never done before. So I never really had like a problem with like anything illegal. The one thing that like I would abuse was ibuprofen actually. Like before I like got to a foot doctor and all this and like got cured of, like, my bone spurs, I was literally popping 18 to 24 ibuprofen a day. And it's, like, it's something to where I, like, had to, like, step back and realize I'm, like, this is not going to be good for me long term. <laughs> and it was one of those things where it's, like, a lot of times I feel like when people talk about, like, people who are addicted to th- quote-unquote addicted to things it's like you love the taste like i fucking hate the taste of ibuprofen but like like i did i did it because like i wanted to just like get rid of the pain so much because i've been in like so much pain that like i just kept popping and popping and popping and popping and then i'm like and then once i started like now i'm down like i don't go to the doctor as much anymore and like now i can do like maybe four in the morning, four at night. Like, that's fine. But, like, I never want to get into that, like, crazy cycle again. I understand what you're talking about. Because, like, that abusing something so much is, like, eventually it's going to take a toll on you and it's not going to be the best thing. Yeah, we all think we're invincible. And that's the thing for me. I really did because I was young. I thought I was invincible. Um, But... Like eventually things catch up to you. That's the truth. And like I ended up with um, stomach ulcers from like drinking on an empty stomach and things like that. Um, and it's just it's it's a cycle, and it just you people spiral, and it's so easy to get caught up in when whatever degree or whatever you're doing, it's hard to recognize it's a pro- when it becomes a problem. But like once you recognize it's become a problem, it's hard not to see it. Yeah. It's, once my, once I realized that I was like, wow, yeah, this makes sense. This is okay. This is not normal. This is not like kosher. Like, and it was hard to go back to like just being blind and acting the way I was. So okay, I have this question written. I'm thinking it's. I'm gonna ask this question in a completely different way. So. What was it like for you the first time you went into a gay bar s- sober, like knowing that you were not able to do anything? Um, I don't even remember what bar it was, honestly. Um, I do know that before I went to, I took a break from going to the gay bars until I felt 
secure enough in my sobriety. The first thing right. I went to sober that was was like a concert. I started going to concerts first before clubs because I felt like a concert, like I'm there for a reason. Like I'm there right. to be an artist. I can deal with being sober because I'm there to do that. First one I went to was 21 Pilots and the opener came out and they were shit. And I was sitting there and I was like, I wish I was drunk. And then, <laughs> no, and they were great and I was jumping and I was having a great time. And that's when I realized like good concerts are still good. But bad concerts are just no longer fun because I can get fucked up to forget that I'm there. So that's right. the way which clubs and like once they start going back to clubs, so it's like it, I have to I need to know the intent intent of why I'm going. I can't I just do, I don't go to bars or clubs just to oh I'm just gonna go buy a club. I need to have an intention. I need to know why I'm there. Am I there for an event? Am I there for a friend? Am I there to ooh, um just have a time or this or that? Like I need kind of a purpose. Um as well as I also need to know when to leave. Like that's really important to me because like you will not see me out if I'm having a bad time because I will leave because there's no point in me staying in a situation that I'm not enjoying anymore. So if I'm there, it's because I'm having a good time. Right. And the thing is that I'm the sort of person that before I drank, I used to love school dances. I used to love dancing and being crazy. Like I was always that person. So that person never went away. I had to speak to someone else who was more introverted or what that was like for them, but I was always extroverted and I love those sort of scenarios. So, so sober, I'm so crazy and I still have a fun time because it's just my personality. I don't, I don't need anything to enhance that. I really don't. And anything I used to do was subtracting from that because I was like trying to, a way for me to escape being present. And now I'm so much more present. Right. I mean, I will say this, I'm probably one of very few people who can relate to that, like, being a performer and, like, being sober in a bar, because most of the time, I don't drink when I go out to bars and perform. Like, I don't even perform. I may, I may have, like, two drinks at most, and that's, like, rare. And, like, I hear people who say, like, oh, I need to get my shots before I perform. It's, like, my feeling is, if you need to get fucked up before you perform, maybe you're not that good. What's funny is, like, the only thing I really ever did sober during the time I was, like, really in into everything was acting. I would never be fucked up on set. Which is, like, that was one of my things. I would, like, would not let myself do that. It happened, like, a few times. But, like, it, yeah. So, I, I get that. As a performer, it's, like, you should be able to do this without substances. Yeah. And plus, I also look from it from the point of like being a singer. Like alcohol isn't necessarily like the best thing for your voice, whereas like water is. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Very true. Yeah. So now, okay, that's a little bit more of like. I'm gonna make it a little bit lighter, and. I'm going to preface this by saying Phoenix has a lot of friends. He told me he has a lot of friends. So this is why I'm going to ask this question. Have you ever jerked off to a pic or a video of one of your friends? Yes. <laughs> I'm I have a lot of friends who are porn stars, and I don't. I don't like watching their porn. 
but I had yeah. to talk to my friends. And then, um, and then if I've texted friends, then yeah. But like mostly not because it's just kind of takes away some of the allure, I think. Because it's like I, I like know their problems. I know their life. Like it's hard for me to like take that away when I'm looking at them in a sexual way. Like I've taken a lot of my friends' nudes and like I don't get hard while I do that. Like it's just to me it's not um arousing, I guess. But I've also slept with a l- some of my friends. So like that's different. Yeah, and uh well as someone who's like fooled around with friends before, I realize it's like in some ways, if you stop doing that, I feel like it affects your friendship in a weird way. Like, it can, uh, for a very long time, I had this rule of like, where we can either fuck or be friends. Like, if you want to be friends, we can't fuck. And if you want to fuck, we can't be friends. And like, that was a lot of my early 20s was that kind of like belief. And I needed that at that time because my teenagers, sorry, I, I slept with a lot of my friends and it got really messy. But really messy with some of them, and um, but in the last few years, I've definitely been better about knowing how to um, sleep with friends without a complicating things. In fact, the last person I slept with this weekend was one of my friends. Work. By the way, is there any way we can take a break for two seconds so I can go pee? Yeah, God, you're good. Thanks. And then back. Okay. Got some, some water too. Yeah. You're good. I mean, like, honestly, I get that. First of all, 
when I literally told you like I'm I'm offering you two hours because first of all I knew I knew bitch you like to talk a lot I like to talk a lot I knew there was no way that I could like do it in an hour like <laughs> yeah. so where am I okay so I've got two more questions so. Have you ever found it impossible to keep up with the beauty standards of Hollywood? Of course. It's like, it doesn't even come with like being located in like Los Angeles. It's like anywhere. We all have to deal with it. Like we all have social media. We all have magazines. Like we all have TVs. We all see it. It's hard to live up to it. It's definitely hard in West Hollywood because you do. There's so many beautiful people here. There's so many people who come here because they're actors, they're models, they're influencers. They work in fashion, they work in beauty, and so on. And um, there is definitely like a driving force of like, how do I Im improve myself to stay at that level? Because the thing is, like, you can be perfect. But in five years, it doesn't mean you'll stay looking like that. There's a lot of upkeep involved. So um, it, I wouldn't say I've ever really struggled, but I would say it's definitely always something um, that I do think about and I do try to keep up with, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I will say this, like, the reason I asked that at some point I got I got to the point where I just realized that like in some ways you go through like a thing in your mind where you have like this unrealistic like version of what you should be yeah and I had to go through a lot of that because it's like at some point, I think I always thought it'd be like, would it be great to be like 150, 160 pounds? And I realized I'm like, bitch, you've never been 150, 160 pounds. What makes you think you can start doing it now? Yeah. I'm not going to be six months. Yeah. I would love. And it was more. That's that honestly, at some point, came with me like doing body suits. Eventually, I got past the point of the fact of like, you're never going to look like this. You're never going to be like that skinny. Like, so you have to just embrace your body the way it is and like keep trying to change it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. It's just, you put, I would say, like, especially like gay men, we put ourselves through so fucking much to like think that we got to be like better than we are better than I used to damage on my enamel, my teeth from how much I used to whiten them because I was obsessed with having white, white teeth. My teeth are not as white anymore and I'm okay with that. And I should probably even whiten soon, but like I used to like, you know, like the crest white strips. Yeah. I used to sleep in them. Wow. Over teeth and not like once, like a lot. Like I was like, yeah, like that's like that's the bizarrity of it. Like we get so obsessed with like every little thing, and we take to the extremes. Like as gay men, like we really just, I don't know, we really kill ourselves to look a certain way. 
you know, I mean, the amount of like people who do steroids, plastic surgery, this and that. And like, it's one thing to enhance your body. It's another thing to be obsessive. Yeah. That is, it's something where, and I'm pretty sure we discussed plastic surgery the last time you were on. It's something to where like, in some ways, now that I look at it, thinking about me trying to be like Skinner, I realize I'm, I'm like looking at you as like, bitch, you don't, it's like stay fat in the face for a little bit while longer. You won't have to get Botox. Like people like pay to have their cheeks filled the way mine do naturally. It's like, duh. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you got to go through that. You got to go through. Yeah. One thing, thing. It enhance your body and like the, like, yeah. um, I think that's wonderful and great, but there's a different things to like get obsessed. Like people really take some things to the extreme. It, it's why people who have like body dysmorphia, it's like something where it's like seeing something that like not everybody else sees. It's something I can never get, but it's also in some ways you got to feel like bad for those people because it's like you're looking most of the time it's like really attractive people's like it's like you look so great the way you are now why do you keep trying to change it but it's a disorder it's something that like we're never going to understand unless you go through it very true yeah so okay so i'm going to rephrase this question so where did your drag name come from? Like, obviously, I know the like last name because the house you said that. Um, it literally was just named. Like, literally, my drag mom mom just named me that. It didn't. I don't know where she came up with it. I didn't come up with it. It just she named me and it stuck. It just made sense, you know. It just um, I liked it. People liked it. So I don't. Don't even know where exactly it came from, but I do. Funny enough, I do really like rings, though. Like I am, I have a big obsession about um, engagement rings. Like I like looking engagement rings. I've like gone on sites and like customized and made my own. Uh, my one of my best friends, Jordan, he has a great story. When we lived together, we like went to Walmart like super late at night because I wanted like. A, another like trash bin or like random shit like that for like that permit and I yeah. bought myself and I bought myself an engagement ring Walmart because I really wanted it because it was pretty and then I lost it it got lost in the Uber in the trunk because I'm putting things in there and wow. I was sad I was like hitting up the, the Uber driver like do you see my ring <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny that my name became Anita Diamond because I do actually have a big thing for um, engagement rings. I yeah. love, I love like when girls show me theirs. See, I will. A lot of people say like I love when people have like interesting stories. The name Prince Electro Diamond isn't really interesting at all. It just literally came to me one day when I thought like, okay. What can I do to like not get myself in trouble? Because like I know I've got a big mouth. I know I'm gonna say something at some point that's gonna piss somebody off. 
And we all are. Yeah, that's why when people are so afraid of like, oh, I'm afraid of being canceled. It's like, well, at some point, I'm just going to say something that like people aren't going to like and they're going to just like try and come after me. And it's, it's like, roll with the punches and deal with it. Like, I don't live my life thinking I'm going to get canceled. I just know that um, when I step, like, I try to understand, grow, learn, and, like, apologize. You yeah. know? But, like, if you are so worried about being so PC all the time, like, I think the best way to be PC is just to be educated. If you're educated about the topics and subject matters, you'll know how to say things in ways that, that aren't ignorant. If you say things that, in, that are over the line because it was for a joke or this that then like yeah you can like take that back and so on but like most people will be understanding like, you know right and i will say like a reason why i'm so open now is because okay that'll lead me to another question so like so what are your views on kind of like getting older oh my god i just had a birthday i like hate getting older <laughs> I love birthdays, but I hate getting older. I am terrified of not being young. I honestly am because, like, to me, like, getting older means like I have less like time to do all the things I want to do. Because when you're young, you have like your whole life, and you get older, you get less of it. But right. um, so, a lot of my fear with aging has more to do with like um, lack of opportunity. Um, I do. I don't think that age and looking old are the same thing because I know a lot of people that are older that look really good. So right. I, if you can look good as you age, I feel like you can, I like my friend Lindsay always says like, she wants to look hotter every year as she ages. She just want to get hotter and hotter, you know, and she has like, you can look really good as you age and look even better than you did when you were younger. That's for sure. It's just like my fear with aging is really like the opportunities and just I like the responsibilities and this idea that like you have to be mature by a certain point or have your life together by a certain point. Like that's a lot of it for me. It's like I don't I don't feel sometimes like I should be where I should be at my age. See, a lot of I would say, especially now, my fears of getting older, it was working with older people and seeing what happens to you once you get older. It made me feel like, I guess in a weird way, it's like, I'm one of those people who says like, if I just make it to 70, I'll be fine. 70 is a full life. Like it is. what's the, what's the point in like living to be 95, like a hundred. It's like, I want to live to I'm like 800 years old. <laughs> I literally, if I could never die, I would take it. <laughs> well, I mean, it but also, I. The quality of living does go down. Yeah, and it also is, it depends on where you're at, like mentally. Yeah. Too. Because it's like being 95 and like complete mental decline isn't really a life. No. It's not a life. And seeing that, I will admit, it did scare me. Like, 
Because you see that. I know somebody who, like, at the old place I worked, they had, like, a memory care wing. And she used to, like, work there every day. And I'm thinking, like, I'm, like how can you, like, deal with, like, seeing that every day? Because, like, I would, I would go in there, like, once in a while. And I'd be, like... <clears throat> To see people like who you know, but like they don't know who you are, it's more like one of those things where it's like, well, is aging that good? And I also feel like maybe my views on aging would change like once I'm in a relationship. Like if I'm in like a long term relationship with somebody, you have something to live for. True. Not so much, not so much really just living for yourself. That's very true. And it's also I I look at like my stages of depression and like being suicidal and it's like do I I'm always afraid that that's like going to come back up. Like I'm in a good place now. It took me honestly probably so as about like 26, 27 to like get into that place and I'm like I don't know if I want to like be around a while and like have those feelings come up because like depression's not fun like anyone who like I, I hear people talk about like depression for like a few months and I'm like that sounds like a cakewalk like being depressed for like 26 27 years as I always I always tell people like it's grateful I'm still here because like theoretically statistically I should be dead That's why when people say, like, plan for your future, I'm like, what future? I don't know there's going to be a future. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I got to think of something else to ask you. I'm not I'm not ending the podcast on that. <laughs> very real. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean... True. Those are all very good points. And it's, it's part of life and part of the reality of things that people should talk about more. It's relatable. Yeah. People aren't always happy. People aren't always just not happy for two seconds. And a lot of people, like, the one thing I will say is, like, a lot of people are afraid to, like, say their truth. And it's like, why? Like, you selling that to somebody could help them. Like, never even touch. Yeah. And it's like, in some way, like, if I can, I know it's a little egotistical, it's a little egotistical, but I guess we all think this is like, if you say something, like, you share your story and you could save somebody's life, that's one more, yeah. And plus, okay, here's the light note I left it on. If I had died, I, if, see, I knew I'd come around. If I had, if I had died, I never would have met you. You're welcome. Yeah, because because I will, girl. I will say this: like, in truth, like, granted, I've loved all the guests I've had on here. You're my favorite guest. Like, thank you. 
You're I welcome. really podcast. Thank you, like, like I will say at one point there was somebody who talked to me like before I started interviewing people. They're like, "Would you ever do it with like a co-host?" And I'm like, "Right now, at least from all the people I've met, the only person I can honestly see like doing this every day with would be you." Oh, I just like talking. <laughs> well, that's good because it's like. There's something about like not having to drag information out of people that makes it so much easier. Yeah, it's a conversation. Treated it as such. <laughs> and it's like you were very enthusiastic. Like when somebody replies to me, like when I hit them up and they say sure, like they say the word sure. It's like, well, that doesn't give me like what kind of energy you're gonna bring. And it sounds like I'm gonna have to do a lot of fucking work. And it's more fun when it's easy. Yeah, I would say I would say I'm lazy, but a little bit. I. But I'm also very persistent. Working. Yeah. I will say this is, this will be my secret to everyone as I end. If you want to do an interview podcast, you have to be persistent. Like if you want to get an interview, you have to constantly ask people. Yeah. You can ask you you could literally ask Phoenix. I'm a pain in the ass. Like I will literally like keep on hitting up people. People like me, we're busy. Most people yeah. like have going on. It's not the first thing on our mind when we wake up in the morning. It's like, oh right, I should do that podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's my let's go get coffee. <laughs> let's figure out. Oh, I have to do that, pay that bill, or I have to do this, or blah blah blah. I have to go. Yeah. People get caught up in their lives, and it's like, um, you ought to be persistent for sure. And it's also, I've learned to like not take no for an answer. Well, actually, I'm not gonna say not take no for an answer. If you don't tell me no. I'm going to keep hitting you up. So message all the people I've DM'd. Answer me and I'll stop messaging you. Like, <laughs> But anyway, with that being said, it's been great having you on. As I said, I love talking to you. And with that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs>